Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, welcome back, everyone, uh, to yet another episode of How to Pakistan. We're talking to Osman Samiuddin, uh, the cricket writer for The National, uh, a name that you all know from his days with Crick Info. Uh, he's, a, he's a brilliant commentator and observer of the game. He's also a historian of the game. He's written a book called The Unquiet Ones, which you should go out and buy and read if you haven't already. I was privileged to be to be given that book as a gift by uh, by the columnist Shakir Hussain, columnist and businessman and a dear friend. Uh, Fussy, have you? Why did he give you this book? He's he's a I huge mean, like he's a huge fan. He, yeah, he, but he's there are a, many people you could have given the book to. I think he gives that book like that's his. That's one of the standard gifts that he gives to people. Okay. I think this is a point that we can sort of raise with Shakir yeah. directly after we've recorded this episode, agree, if, that, if that's okay with yeah. you. I want to take advantage of, yeah. of having Usman with us. And Usman, you know, we, we, you know, in the previous episode, you know, we talked about the T20 World Cup, so we're not going to be talking about that. But maybe talk more about I think what a unique privilege I think it is that you are a cricket writer. Like that is, that's got to be a dream. I mean, that is the dream. Is it, is it not? No, I agree. It's like uh, getting to test video games for a living. It's one of those things people want. Like I'd like to test sofas for a living. No, like your job. Yeah. Wait, let, let's just break this down. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't stop laughing because this yeah. is real. Right? This is serious. Like. Actually. Your job is that you get on a plane and you and you go to, wait, let's just, because I can't believe I'm about to say this. There's a guy, his name is Osman Samyuddin. Yeah. He gets on planes. Yeah. He tweets from the planes. Yeah. He goes from one place where he just watched a cricket game live in like a box where he got to talk to the coaches and the managers and the players. Mm. Then he flies to the other game. And then he does the same thing. Then he comes home and he writes about it. Hmm. Then he goes to sleep and he wakes up in the morning and it's a new day. And then he texts Preeti Zinta, I hope your team does well next year. And stuff like that. Like, you know, he, he oh, knows the whole shit. Did he, did he yeah. do that? Did He's he? done that too, yeah. He's been tweeting at Preeti Zinta. <laughs> yeah. oh, so I'm going to talk to Bobby because that's a separate conversation. But but is it, um, like, mashallah, like, I've just been Badur, but like, uh, is, it, uh, is this, like, uh, do you not... Do you feel the same way about your life, or is it just us? No, I, I, I have, I have days where I don't, for sure. Um, but like you know, then I think of exactly the kind of things that you've just said, and I think, geez, man, it like it beats working as, as a consultant in a bank at a KFC at I don't know whatever. You know, I work from home, man. I, I work in like when I'm not like you know on a plane going to some match. I, I'm at home. I'm in my pajamas and I'm I'm, I'm filling in deadlines and stuff. So. I mean, you, yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I, I like you know, I, I didn't know until I was what twenty five that I would even get into this. Um, so it came very late. I had four years after university of like kind of floating around trying to do something, but not not really finding what I wanted to do. And then suddenly I got into this, and yeah, since then I mean, charmed I life, I, charmed I, I life. Like bragging about it, but I love it. I no, no, you yeah, anything else that I would do. No, I, I, I don't want you to brag. I, I think the, the thing that I was trying to do was just establish, because I think there's a lot of kids out there, uh, not forget kids, a lot of adult, like a lot of grown men 
like Fassi and myself, who think, wow, being a sports writer sounds like a pretty cool job. How did this happen, Osman? I mean, did you, were you big into sports when you were growing up? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was, I, so I grew up in Saudi Arabia a lot of my life. Oh, no. Uh, and, uh, oh, man. There was not much my commiserations, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So there was not much to do there uh, right. apart from getting to sports, you know. So I was a big football guy. Um, and, and cricket, I, I had an uncle who, you know, very much like very old family friend. They've, they've traveled with us wherever we've lived. They've also been, uh, uncle was a professor. My father was also a professor. So they worked at the same university. And he was a big, big cricket freak. And he used to get a subscription to the Cricketer magazine, the Pakistan Cricketer, which is, you know, one of the all-time great institutions in, in Pakistan. That magazine was one of the greatest magazines ever. Is it is it still around? Because I remember buying it no, on occasion. So Riaz Mansouri, who was the owner and editor of it, killed it off in 2008, April, I remember, 36 years. I, I, I like what a fan what a fan he was of it, like, rather than saying yeah, the circumstances. He was, he was forced him to close it, he killed it off, like accusatory, I want that magazine to still be there. And now, by the way, he refuses to sell it to anyone else, because he's like, I can't let go of it. I I can't start it up myself, but I will not let anyone else start it up. He loves it that much. Have you made a a play for it? Have you made a play for it? He asked me once whether I wanted to do like a resurrect an online version of it, but it just like, it wasn't working for me. You know, I, I had stuff on, I was with Cricket Info, and it was just too much work. I, I put him through to some other people, but I don't think anything's come of it. He still wants to do something. I, I think that idea is not off the table, and it would be great to have that magazine start up again. Yeah, I mean, I, I might be interested, but I just run profiles of Mohamed Zaid every month, finding new ways to explain how great he was. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, <laughs> I can't get over Muhammad Zayed. I can't get over Just like I can't get over Zayed Fazl. Like, yeah. But I have a question, Osman. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I, I've been meaning to, I haven't had the chance to read your book yet. But one of the things that struck me, of course, is the universal level of praise and how it's been feted and, uh, you know, uh, so it's, it's on my reading list. But the one thing that did strike me is that there are sometimes books that you haven't read, but whose title is so iconic in some ways that, you know, you just, uh, like, so I think of, I haven't read Love in a Time of Cholera, but I just think, what a name. What, what a title. Yeah, what a title that is. I, I, I think, you know, even A Hundred Years of Solitude works that way, but again. Have you read, have you read A Hundred Years of Solitude? Yes, but a long time ago. Osman, have you read it? I have. I have it, yes. uh, what, what did you think of it? It's good. I, I, I love. I loved it. Man. It's. It is my, by far my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Like the hundred years of solitude is just the end of novels. Uh, actually, the end of novels is Catch Twenty Two by Joseph Heller. Okay. It is phenomenal. It will make you think. How did somebody actually get in the mood to write something like this? It to is. Write like that. Uh, it's. It's an amazing book. But, so speaking of. But speaking I just want to say, is the unquiet ones. This name stuck to me, and this is something I want to ask you, is like, what made you give it this name? I'm sorry, I'm not well-versed enough to pick up on the, um, like, whatever, it, whether it's rooted in cricket history or whatever, but each time I think of it, a game about, you know, a book about cricket and calling it the unquiet ones about Pakistan cricket, it just sounds so perfect. What so, is that you know, about? This is not my, this is not my, it wasn't my idea at all. I, I was thinking of titles, desperately thinking of titles, not coming up with anything. You know, I had a couple of ones that were okay, but they just weren't working for me. And 
so in, uh, a very very dear friend of mine. Um, he's you know I, I've worked with him. He's an Indian writer, one of the best writers out there, full stop on cricket or anything. Delhi. Bhattacharya. Achha, Rahul. No, okay. Rahul Bhattacharya. And right. He's, ये कभी आपके सच्चे दोस्त में से नहीं हो सकते हाँ सो यू से Sometimes what they did, 
it used to like yeah i mean it it you know it was a feeling that i got from music it was a feeling that i've gotten from other kind of you know spiritual kind of occasions you know that like something like kind of grips you and it really gets you inside and it's not just that you're happy that your team has won or i really felt like i used to go into some kind of yeah ye kya ho gaya and i used to then come out on the other side of it thinking oh my god you know it used to affect me deeply and so i thought okay you know i'd like to do and it started off as like something i was going to do like a, a thousand word column you know just explaining trying to trying to capture what happens and it turned out that i i i kept getting into it i kept getting deeper into it i kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper and then i thought you know why not bring the music into it because you know music is also a huge part of it and it's a huge part of my life so it kind of it it was mostly just a personal exploration of what happens when pakistan does what it does but it's now become like the catchword for like you know you you're waiting for hard to happen to pakistan and musharraf you're completely right that it's not the way a team should operate at all they should not wait for these kind of things to happen they have to create these zones that they get into but so here's the other part of hal and this is again because we we said this would be a more personal conversation mm. uh, let me sort of open up by and i mean this is not sort of news i'm i'm reasonably sort of open when it comes to this stuff but when mohali happened there's so there's hal and there's one over hal the reciprocal of hal and when mohali happened like let me put it this way i'm never at a loss for words alhamdulillah but like i'm struggling to put into words what happened to me and i mean i can tell you sort of you know i didn't just cry like at the conclusion of the game i cried most of that night like just randomly like really and you know i'm like i'm like a grown man mohali is 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 not that long ago right like i'm a borderline middle aged man with like you know multiple ch- like three children and you know like uh, you know i'm not like a 14 year old kid right and i'm there and i'm and when i think about mohali like i struggle to get the words out i can't I still can't process it. The only thing that was as bad as Mohali from from a, from a sports perspective was the 2070-20 World Cup um with Kukri with Kukri and yeah with and and that was because the reason that I recovered recovered from that is I wasn't watching it in Pakistan I was actually in Calcutta and I was watching it with a bunch of Indians and so the occasion of watching it in India over overwhelmed the occasion of the loss in a sense and so the memory is is mixed up but the memory of mohali is so so searing like it just how many of those nights have you had as a, as a cricket fan well you know like a lot of these like mohali and stuff this is 2011 mohali right? yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah like stuff like that it doesn't affect me at all because that's my job like i'm doing that as the spark that could have been a semi final between england and south africa and i would have been covering it and it could have been an amazing game and i could have been as unmoved and i've kind of willed myself into not being when when i cover pakistan it, it, i'm not watching cricket as a fan and i i've been able to do it quite well i don't know how or why but i've been able to kind of drill myself into that so you know big losses like so you're a heartless <laughs> animal <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and, and it's because, you know, it, like, okay, you know, I am Pakistani, of course, and I do follow their matches more than anything else. But it's my job to kind of be watching everything else as well. And so when it comes to watching Pakistan matches, I have to kind of, this is what my wife hates about watching like a Pakistan-India match with me because you know, she'll, she'll support India happily and I'll, I'll be like, no, no, I'm just watching this as a, as a distant kind of dutiful observer who's just like, you know, like the British kind of coming over and maybe doing partition again or something over these matches but or something like that. But There is this one thing that, you know, I'd like to get sort of your, on sort of this dispassionate side of yours. And I think... Obviously, having love of the game is one thing, and that's evident in all of your writing. But it's like what Musharraf was saying, like one of the things uh, that I personally don't have, and I find it odd whenever there is an India-Pakistan match, is I don't get riled up in the same way. In fact, I sometimes dislike India-Pakistan matches because I find a lot of ugliness comes out from you know, people you see on social media, elsewhere, on both sides. And for me, it's just all often just another game. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering, like, when you look at, you know, sort of this great rivalry, and of course there are many that exist that don't necessarily have a warring history behind them, like yeah. Ashes or whatever, but uh, what is it that you think that, you know, makes this just so, so contentious, other than maybe some of the more obvious, uh, you know, incidents of history and, you know, our diversion from it? I don't think there is anything else, by the way. You know, I, it's, it's been a pretty poor rivalry. If you look at it on the field, <laughs> there's not been great matches. There's been some real bore-ass draws, like you're playing five tests and all of them are drawn. Or one of them is won by one side. Or they come to Multan, or they come to Multan and they, they, they basically destroy you. I'll never forget Sevag sort of yeah, just yeah. destroying us. They're not mm-hmm. good contests, right? They're not no, no, contests. No, no. They've been really, really poor. So that way the rivalry has nothing going on. Yeah, right. You, have, like, you can make contests like oh, Pakistan's fast bowling against Indian batsmen and all, but you know it's never really produced too many thrillers. And it's been over a decade since that. And only that shared history that we have as a country that that drives that rivalry onwards. There's nothing else. There's that you know Australia, England, the Ashes. There have been some great series, some great matches on the field, and so they've actually they concentrate on on the rivalry on the field. Pakistan and India never concentrate really on the rivalry on the field. Everything comes out. So Swashwaraz is meeting so in Sardar's and this is happening there, and Musharraf has come for diplomacy, and Yusuf Azagilani has gone to Manmohan Singh, and this is happening. And the cricket itself, oh, that sucks, man. Well, that's interesting. Now I feel less bad. Well, like, I felt like the oddball out most of the time, but as it turns out, like, I'm a quite a keen follower of cricket. What are your. You mentioned that you liked football, and it, I mean, I don't remember seeing anything other than cricket writing from you. Have you have you ever thought about sort of branching out further? I mean, football is kind of a growth, I think, in Pakistan is going to be a pretty pretty fast-growing yeah, sport yeah, in the next yeah, decade or so. I, I've written on, like for the national, I'm not just a cricket writer. I, I write in tennis, I write on uh, football. Uh, and I, I last year I got really lucky. You might not think it, but I got to cover this... Uh, this round-the-world ocean sailing race, um, which was great. It's, it's, sailing was a, something that I you know, had no idea about, uh, like competitive sailing. And it's like a complete rich man sport, you know, like, like cricket is in other parts of the world. But is this, is this like the America's Cup type thing, or is it the yeah, individual? exactly that. Okay. It's that is actually quite exciting. That's something I found and and, and uh, very interesting. Is, you know, you, you get like eight guys together, and 
going over nine months, you know, from, from leg to leg, and they're stopping off at different places for like two weeks, but then on, on the oceans for like three, four weeks. People people have died during it, and now they've made this into this really huge, like, it, it, you know, they, they, they've got apps for it, so they send you videos from the boats and stuff. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. They keep small. the hulls secret until race day, where they come yeah, up with like, kind of stuff. yeah, it's, it's amazing kind of stuff, stuff, actually. It's kind of like Formula One in terms of sports beyond cricket as well. And which one do you enjoy doing the most other than cricket? Uh, probably football. I love watching football, any kind of live football, you know, the golf, anywhere else. Uh, I, I, I love watching live football. I don't think there's anything. I, I think I prefer watching football to cricket sometimes, actually. Wow. And, and within football, what is your favorite league? Which one do you think is the best league? Well, which one is your favorite and which one do you think is the best? Sometimes the answer isn't the same. Yeah, well, I think the one that I've watched the most is the English Premier League because, you know, I lived in England also, so just got into the whole thing over there in a big way. Uh, I've, I've probably watched that the most. And, and, and I'm guessing you're a Liverpool man? No, I'm not a Liverpool fan. I, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday supporter because I used to live in Rotherham, which is near Sheffield, which is very bad, but they were a good side then. And um, they, they're now in the first division in the championship. They might come back up into the Premier League, but I am a, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday supporter through and through. <laughs> Wait, so you don't have like a like a top five team that, that you like? I, I mean, I like watching. No, I'll, I'll watch, like I'll, I'll make a point to watch like Arsenal's games or Man U's games or Liverpool's games or, uh, you know, now Leicester because they're such a great story. Yeah, I, I don't have like a, I don't have like a huge big favorite in that in that top division. Well, that that just that just betrays the fact that you're a serious fan that, that you would follow Sheffield Wednesday rather than Man U. Like I'm a Man U man, right? I'm a heartless guy who just doesn't like have fandom in him anymore, and he just does it as duty. <laughs> so you watch, so you watch the Premier League the most, and which one you were about to say which which league you think is the best? wondered and you know I, I've read pieces that have alluded to this but why is it that football uh, as you know a sport you'd imagine that it could take off in a country like Pakistan and we know lots of the reasons but um, why do you think it still doesn't because it's interesting like when you say like how much football has grown in Pakistan like about seven years ago one of the telecoms actually sponsored something with Man U for the fans in Pakistan. Yeah. I mean, it predates quite a bit, like the understanding that people watching the leagues here have grown exponentially. I think, I think we're not so big as to not be able to take the name of the telecom. Oh, it, it was Telenor, yeah. and it was a deduce, uh, and, uh, you know, a special, um, it was um, some, you know, some of their branded materials that they were getting. Isn't there with. now a deal between the China, the Chinese yeah. company? Yeah. Uh, Zong. Zong. Yeah. Zong has a deal with them now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but, but the idea is that, you know, people know that when even telecoms, when they're reaching out to their customers and they're thinking cricket's not the only scene in town, especially when they're looking for a certain kind of customer. Also because of saturation, POV. Like, uh, saturation is one. It's also uh, in part because you're eas more easily able to differentiate the people who are watching football in Premier League are a bit more affluent. 
So you're looking yeah. for higher ARPU, which is their revenue uh, sort of figure per user. Okay. You can get them uh, a bit better by targeting this way. So it's a smaller pool, but more profitable. Higher volume, yeah. 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 So, uh, and, and the other thing is like, I'm just wondering is like, you know, we spoke about, you know, having the dream job, but one of the things is also is that, you know, journalism is contracting. And uh, I mean, even in the US, a number of like, these online, I forget what the name was of this really big experiment in sort of long Grand form. Land. Grantland, right? So that's just yeah. receded as well. And so the question is... Yeah, my favorite hockey writer. Actually, I don't know if you ever followed Sean McIndoe, uh, Osman. But no, he, I know he was, Yeah, he was the Grantland writer for, uh, yeah, for, exactly. for hockey. One of the Grantland. I mean, and it was just... It was my favorite site because of his writing, right? So, and, so that's the point. The point is... Like, do you ever think, like, for your, you've got a dream job, but the profession in some ways is going through a very tumultuous time and unemployment is higher. So, uh, do you sometimes feel that, you know, the future is a bit uncertain when it comes to sports journalism, whether online or in traditional forms? That's, that's a phenomenal, like... I'm very happy to hear No, the, just that clip. Like, I feel like just taking that clip out and just, like... I could write my way through life? Yeah, just, yeah. you know, it's just... No, because it's so inspiring. As my, I mean, partly, as I think both me and Fussy also fancy ourselves at least partially as writers as well. And, you know, there's... I mean, at least I can speak for myself. I, I do a whole bunch of things other than writing. But the thing that I enjoy the most and the thing that... I feel like defines me the most is, is the writing, which is why it's sort of no matter where I am and sometimes it's really hard because I might not have slept or I might be yeah, between yeah. flights or whatever, like, you know, or, or there might be meetings on, on the top and the bottom uh, of, of that process, but I try not to miss my sort of my deadline for, for the column yeah. because it really is so instrumental. It's interesting though, you know, the, the identity or the formation of, of one's identity as a writer and the fact that you said that, you know, principally you're a writer, so if you put your mind to it, because I've written about cricket once and it was, I think I did a piece for foreign policy on, I think it was for Mohali. Uh, yeah, I remember. And, and, and I, I think I remember saying to you actually that I was really embarrassed to write about cricket because I felt like I was squeezed That's into it. it. Yeah. Exactly. And I said to you, I said, 
you know, really, Usman Samyuddin should be writing about the cricket, and I'll handle the stuff that I'm supposed to be able to understand, you know? Even though I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably confident about my own perception about cricket, but I don't, yeah. you know, not that I consider myself an expert on anything, but certainly on cricket, I just haven't spent the time or put in the, the sweat to be able to sort of just sort of start right. Like, I want to write about the T20 World Cup, but, like, I'm not going to do that. That would be a foolish, foolhardy enterprise for me. So, uh, what I mean, uh, in your brief, when they, when they ask you to write about cricket, they, they are asking you because you are Musharraf Zaidi. They don't want, like, a hardcore cricket analysis. They want a bigger picture. You know, what does it mean? What does it mean in, in terms of India and Pakistan? And for that, you're perfect, which is what I told you when when we spoke about this. Yeah, you have a, you're an elephant. You, you have a, you have a long memory. Is Osman, I'm also wondering is that in terms of, say, your interaction with the players in sport, and occasionally I'm sure you've become friends with a few cricketers, how, how do you then, you know, separate that from Ooh, what you're really supposed questions. to do eventually? <laughs> yeah. It's really difficult. It's not easy at all. You know, I've had a, uh, I, I've, I mean, there's probably been like two or three cricketers who, uh, in my in my kind of professional life, who, you know, I've, I'd like for a start nowadays all cricketers speak a lot of the, a lot of the younger journalists they they've crossed that line long ago you know they're they're WhatsApping each other they're like leaking news to each other they're backing right. each other they're all supporting that so that line was long crossed uh, with, especially with the current lot but but when I was in Pakistan at that time um, it was still happening but I kind of it's really difficult you know because you want to so Shoy Bakhtar became close once he retired you know, we kind of we can chat without kind of, you know, having this thing hanging over us that, oh, I'm a journalist and he's a, he's the subject or whatever. We can kind of chat. Uh, there are other guys, but it, it's a bit difficult. Like someone like uh, Danish Kanaria, who I, I would say that I know pretty well. You know, we hung out. I know his kids. It's that kind of thing. But when this whole thing happened with the fixing, in which Danish Kanaria was banned for life, it became a really awkward kind of thing. And I, in fact, I did a piece on it as well, but it became awkward. Sometimes you forget where you have to draw that line, um, and it's unfortunate. It's not. It's not nice because you know you, you you watch these players so closely and you try and get into their minds so much that you're 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 kind of forcing them to accept you as a friend, and then you have to pull out yourself and say, well, actually, you know, I was just observing you as a subject. Uh, and in Pakistan, the access is crazy. Like you will not get this kind of access to any elite athlete, stroke celebrity anywhere else in the world. In India, you are like a, a thousand degrees removed from, say, MS Dhoni. In Pakistan, you know, you can have Shahid Afidi sending you WhatsApp voice messages, like, in two minutes. It, you, the, uh, the access that you have to Pakistani cricketer is, is both amazing as a journalist, but it's also, like, you know, it draws you into these kind of equations where sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, you know, okay, I've got to stop this, you know, am I, here's, am I really, like... Here's just a follow-up to this, and I'm just wondering, so... As a journalist who say a thousand times removed from the player, what he's thinking, and what's sort of happening, say, in the locker room to one, uh, and then you're just forced to be analytical about what's happening on field. And then there's this other where you're very close, almost embedded with the players, and that gives rise to a different kind of understanding, a different kind of writing. I mean, yeah. in these two, I mean... Do you see, like, can you read a piece and tell which is based on which? Because, I mean, I would personally imagine 
that uh, the former is more interesting. Somebody who's just seen a game, who doesn't know that, you know, Chaddi Badi's Amateur Zalim is and, you know, makes an inference based on that. I mean, do you, does that come out to somebody like you who reads a piece and immediately knows? Uh, no, not a lot of the time. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there are writers in India who have made a fantastic career out of essentially second-guessing Mohamed, uh, Mohamed I'm saying, but, uh, MS Dhoni's captaincy decisions. And well, there was a rumor that he was that he was Mohamed Shirdil Dhoni or something. Right? <laughs> <There was a> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> function of Dhoni being Dhoni or that it's a less politicized uh, cricket structure in India than it is here that the reason sometimes you get so much access is partly because they are so interested in influencing the no. narrative that they can stay on the team or whatever else they want. Is that, is that yeah, part of the reason? True. That's completely true. That you get so much access here because players feel it is in their interest to prevent a journalist because he thinks he can do his bidding keep him in a side, you know. Um, whereas in India, they've now gone beyond that stage. And they haven't done it for too long. It's, this is a recent thing. This is probably the Dhoni era. Which you've seen this. And, you know, BCCI at the same time has clamped down uh, because they've had so much money, they haven't had to give a crap about what anyone says about them because they've got so much money. And, you know, uh, and they've just operated on that kind of policy. And, and they've allowed Dhoni to build this bubble around his team. We were having a discussion the other day, actually, uh, in the reactions that the Pakistan media has to the Pakistani side and, and how the Indian media reacts. And I would say that the Pakistani media is still more questioning of and still more critical of the side, uh, whereas now the, the Indian media has become almost kind of co-opted in the whole thing, you know, because they've been secluded, because they've been excluded from what's happening in the team. They've kind of had to just become almost fans of the team. You know, the other day, uh, MS Dhoni had a had a bit of a meltdown at a press conference when, when the first question after that Bangladesh win, somebody asked him, and I think the tone was a little bit off in the journalist, but somebody asked him, you know, you only won by one run and you need to improve your net run rate. So Tony stopped him and said, first of all, you're sounding like someone who's, who's not happy that India has won this game. And the journalist said, no, 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 I am happy. Whereas, in fact, he should be saying that, you know, it's not, it's not my job to be happy. Yeah. It's not my job yeah. to be happy yeah. if India wins. It's my job to report on what happens, you know. So, you know, there's advantages to the situation in India as well. I, I think there are distinct advantages, but also kind of wonder, you know, what, what it leads to at the end with this kind of kind of fanboy co-opting of... The, of, of the, the other thing I wanted to ask, and this is almost utterly, it might sound a bit random, but you know that kid who got arrested and I presume is still in jail for putting up, he's like this crazy... Goji without, poster, yeah. Yes, right? And he put up a flag and all that. I... Often thought that, you know, I was just wondering that from the cricket community, enough support didn't come out for that kid. I mean, it seems to be like a flash in the pan. I presume he's still stuck in the system. And, you know, watching Shahid Afridi say that, you know, he gets a lot of love there. And then, you know, wondering whether 
the fact that you know you can have fans on both sides of the border, yeah. crazy yeah. crazy fans. I, I I don't know why it didn't make. I I, I think it's also not just uh, obviously a question for the cricket community, one for the larger one. Is it? Yeah, sure. Obviously, maybe putting up the Indian flag in Pakistan is not a great idea by any measure. Uh, I doubt it's a great idea in uh, India by any measure as well to do the same for Pakistan. But but one can imagine, you know, when we were young, I mean, I, other than everyone in Pakistani team, I just loved Shane Warne. I just thought he was the most... Yeah. Well, my big thing was, uh, was Rahul Dravid. I mean, I still to this day think that the Dravid-Ganguly combo in terms of what... You know, everybody talks about Dhoni and his captaincy. There is no Dhoni without... Yeah without sort of Ganguly's captaincy and without the without the wisdom of what Dravid did for that. It's it's like Misbah except at, in an era that where where he had to compete with Tendulkar and VVS and, and Ganguly. Like I think that so so two separate things. One Dravid sort of the man and what he represented and then Ganguly's captaincy. I mean if you look at the NatWest trophy win where they beat yeah, England, yeah, you know, yeah. and where KF and him I mean, that is the turning point, not just of Indian cricket, but of India as a nation. India's swag in 2016 is direct. This is my own theory of like sort of cricket and life and, and economy and political. India's swag doesn't come from 56 inch chests. It actually comes from that moment on the field when these young Indian boys rip their shirts off and are beating their chest in England, in London, at Lords, totally defying the expectations that they themselves had that, that until that point when India won it was almost accidental right and that at that point it started turning towards India not winning was a problem and and I think that reflects like a national mindset I don't know if I'm reading too much into that Osman what do you think no I, I think that was it was one of the landmarks on the way I think you know all kinds of things like the 96 World Cup that was held in India and Pakistan made the most money of a World Cup ever until that time. That was a huge that was a huge slap in the face to, you know, England and Australia who had run the game until then. It showed them that, you know, you guys are worth nothing because look at how much money we brought in. That was a huge moment. But so you know, it, it happened gradually, but I think yeah, definitely the two thousand two NatWest win was a major, major on field landmark as far as the development of the Indian team and, you know, the, the evolution to what you see now, guys, confident guys like Kohli and, and Chikadavan and all. They definitely stemmed from that kind of from that major major win and the 2007 world you know world t20 win as well that was that was another uh, another major one yeah so you know like i'm at this point realizing just how little i followed cricket because i didn't realize <laughs> india was this big i just thought our boys were still shares who came into the field and just did lousy yeah, because zero. they're so lazy or yeah, whatever zero. right i didn't know that but but what i'm saying is like again about that kid why do you think cricket sort of, you know, the beauty of the game, everyone understands that you support different teams, you sometimes support different players. And I just think that, you know, sort of the cricket community at large sort of left this guy out. Yeah, you, I mean, you're completely right. I, I think about it now, and I maybe didn't think about the story enough myself. I thought it was just one of those crazy stories that you hear about in Pakistan every now and again. He'll come into the news for one day, and the next day he'll be out of jail, and it, it, it will have turned out to be like a combination of a misunderstanding and a, a news-hungry reporter who maybe twisted certain facts out of the way or something. I, I just didn't pay enough attention to it. And and you're right, it is. It's a pretty big deal. Like somebody in the PCB should have said that. Listen, you know, you're you're allowed to like 
I idolize anyone as a player when you're young. Especially, I mean, how old was the kid? He was 17, he was 15 or 16 something, or 18 maybe? Yeah, it's something no, like here's that. The bigger, here's yeah. the bigger issue, right? This is a country that needs kids to look up to Virat Kohli. Because exactly. we well, need kids to bat like Virat Kohli. Like, I don't want anyone to be like Shahid Afridi. Yeah. Like, I think you can be as good-looking as him. Yeah. And I like the whole V thing. I like... That's stylish, you know. Yeah. I like that the whole... You don't want your player to be like him. I want my players to be like Virat Kohli. Never get out when, when, when money's on the line. When, when the national... Yeah. In, like, you know, when the whole nation is watching is when you bring your A game. Yeah. More power to Virat Kohli, man. And more power to the kids in Pakistan that are looking at that and saying, I want to wear the green one day yeah. and I want to bat like that guy. Yeah, so, so my point being, like, I mean, I think I've exhausted my point, but the point being that cricket You has, seem to really be hurt by the fact that this kid was... That he's still in jail, it bothers well, me. Wait, you, yeah. we don't know that he's in jail. Well, so uh, yeah, I'm almost maybe, certain, maybe he's I'm not almost anymore. certain that he's not in jail. The fact that the story was covered means that somebody in power would have taken notice of it. I doubt very much that he's still in jail, but you know what? Yeah. Maybe this is something that the national should be sending you on assignment to... Uh, yeah, let's let's just hope he's not. But if he is, because I remember something I read about a week ago, and I fully accept the possibility of running with what is now obviously very old information. But I'm hoping the kid is no longer in jail. You're like genuinely nice human being. Here's what we should do yeah. as a follow-up to the podcast. Between the two of us over the next yeah, yeah, 48 I agree, hours, I, I think we should follow up to find out. There is no way this country should be jailing people for liking a cricketer or a cricketer A or cricketer B or cricketer C, yeah. no matter what flag they wear. And they're also, like if you're waving the Indian flag in Pakistan, yeah. more power to you. I think it's gutsy. I think you're nuts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the wrong country and all, but, but I love it. I, I think we need to actually have, we need to encourage, especially young people, to be I mean, a bit more open, yeah. It can't, yeah, it can't be a crime. No, no, I agree, I agree. Absolutely I agree. not. Um, Osman, the, yes. the whole sort of living in, in the UAE and, you know, being Pakistani and sort of covering sports, mm. how, how much of a, like, will you be able to move back to Pakistan ever? It's a big change in lifestyle, right? Like, I mean, you get used to a bunch of things living in Karachi, like you carry like a four, like a two thousand rupee cell phone yeah. instead of like a fifty thousand rupee cell phone. Uh, I don't know. You sort of, you know, you don't go out after. I, mean, I don't know. There's, there's things that you do. I mean, in Karachi. Like you no longer can wipe your nose with a hundred dinars. You know, you have to use that money for something reasonable. My wife. My wife is an, is an Indian national, so living in Pakistan automatically is much more difficult than your average kind of you know, married couple. So we had to make a decision on that one as well, that you know, would we want the trouble of going through this arduous and completely frustrating visa process every time. Basically, the problem is you're going to have to get really familiar with the Ministry of Interior and not that... Which I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I don't blame you. Um, yeah. But, but I, I, I do have... a. a a question on this is that you know somebody like yourself and again so I've noticed like again I'm not this might almost be like that young kid thing where I might be totally off and I'm really afraid of going into this as well but 
I've seen, um, you know, there are all these young writers, Hassan Chima, there's Emir Nakvi, there's, um, uh, you know, Rehan, uh, a number of others, yourself. And, you know, wait, wait, Usman you know, is not that young. The other guy's okay. But Usman yeah, is okay. a bit older. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, so, uh, no, yeah. you know, I, I, I caught you. Yeah. You were trying to pass yourself off as young by, by basically, <laughs> by proxy. And I called you on it, yeah, yeah. and that just happened. Me bro. and Emma went to school together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in class one, and you were in FSC. <laughs> so so, so my, my, my point being is that, you know, there's so many good writers. And then I, I do watch on occasion, you know, television which discusses sports. And it's stuff like, you know, what's his name, uh, Javid Mirda saying something utterly ridiculous, like, God knows what. Sometimes, No, no, Muhammad, Muhammad Yusuf and Ramiz Raja. No, no, that was amazing. I mean, that is just I, so good. I, that we can forgive because that was high quality wait, stuff. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Huh. So, Usman, what is the backstory on that, like, blood feud? So, so I think this is beautiful, right? Because there's a lot of Pakistani cleavages that are being exposed in this. And this is what I thought, right? I mean, one is a class thing. But the other one is this whole English medium versus non-English medium huh. thing, which isn't necessarily just class. I mean, there's a lot of very wealthy non-English medium Pakistanis oh, yeah. that, that kind of Muhammad Yusuf, I don't want to say he represents that, but essentially, I mean, Muhammad Yusuf is not lacking for... I mean, Mohammed Yusuf is doing reasonably well, right? He's done well in cricket and, you know. But now, I mean, from, from, where, he came, from, from where he came was different. That yeah. guy is a, is a Pakistani, a bona fide Pakistani success story. Yeah. A bona fide success story. How much does the, uh, this is not a popular topic, right? But I mean, the, the, the big life decision that, that Yusuf made hmm. from, uh. from sort of being Yusuf Yohanna to being Mohammed Yusuf, how much of that sort of, especially for the sort of English medium crowd, right? That's like, and he didn't just make it like a regular conversion. He went, he went whole hog in the sense that he became yeah. part of the whole infrastructure of whole sort of hog bin, conversion. <laughs> well, the, the, the Bin Qasim, sort of the Bin Qasim sort of cricket team, right? Yeah. Like the the era when you know, sort of. I don't know. Tabli was 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 yeah, a, as important as showing up to play the the actual match. Um, do you rec like like what has that played a role in that rivalry or that that the fight with the Rambo? Yeah, because Rambo seems like one of. Sorry, one of, why did they call him Rambo? When I first heard it, I didn't know. Because he, uh, he had a picture taken when he was a player by this really famous photographer Iqbal Munir, who's the son of Munir Hussain. Okay. Passed away recently. So Iqbal Munir took a photograph of these guys in the mid 80s where he made them dress up as, like, you know, 
Pillman's character. <laughs> I have to see this. I haven't seen this. This is some Robert Maplethorpe stuff, right? Like. on the net where he's dressed up like a sort of quasi Rambo kind of character. Okay, thank you for that. Now I know. As we all as we all would and do. converted he explained that you know he had gone through a really long process that he had done so two years before and he was announcing just that I never saw a liberal um, sort of consternation over it I mean I, I think there could have been one if it oh that's been. cute no, yeah. there, there definitely was liberal consternation over it. And I think it's understandable. I, I mean, look, I think the Pakistani no, no, liberal I, has I, to endure a lot. But when they see like a Christian... No, no, cricket, I, I want to add a clarification to this. As he is. I want to add a clarification. I, I know what you're saying. But I think that consternation would have come if it had been a snap decision. Where one would imagine that, you know, there are there social pressures contributing to this? Is there upward progression? But there was, there was, there, there but was talk of that. No, there was. Absolutely. There was talk of the fact that this was brought about because of an environment of sort of faux piety around the team in that era that was instigated originally by the by the rebirth or the sort of the born-again status of Sayyid Anbar, who actually endured a personal tragedy, which then triggered that conversion or that, that rebirth. And then that sort of caught on. And, and there was a lot of players that sort of then went through that. What's really interesting on the whole religion thing, you know, as sort of a, a, a sort of unapologetic aspiring practicing Muslim, is that you see what Hashim Amla has been able to do as a cricketer. Yeah. You know, in terms of what he represents in, in South Africa. Sure, I think he's gone through a rough patch maybe recently. I haven't watched, I, as I said, after Mohali, I haven't, I haven't really followed cricket as much. But Hashim Amla was at one time sort of kind of like one of the best batsmen in the world. Am I? Yeah, still is, still is, yeah. And, and, What's interesting is, you know, all the hand-wringing and the, and the liberal consternation, if we will, in yeah. Pakistan over maybe sort of Inzi sort of finding Allah or, you know, other players, you know, finding God. Whereas, you know, if, if anything, there was kind of the opposite liberal accommodation, if you will, of someone like Hashim Amla. And I think that, you know, with Moeen Ali as well, there's a similar sort of, there's <coughs> the same liberals because it's a different cultural context. You know the 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 where what's consternation in one culture is is converts into this massive accommodation maybe maybe too too much if you know uh, you know possibly do you see that difference Osman do you see kind of a how different cultures react to the same thing uh, differently I, I guess I mean they have to right because in 
Pakistan, the history of that development, the, the context of that development is completely different to what the context for someone like Moin Ali emerging in the English side and, and Hashim emerging in the South African side. They're completely different contexts, right? There's different reasons for why they emerged as they did and why Inzi and his merry band of, you know, beards emerged as they did. There's, there's like a different... There's a, there's a different situation for each, so you've got to kind of react differently, right? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how... Uh, well, let me throw a tough I mean, one at I you. I just want to add one thing, actually. I'm, I'm, and I'm in the odd position of maybe defending a liberal position that I did not even know existed in this form of cricket. <laughs> so, so, again, I'm just jumping in blind. But, I mean, I would imagine... So the How Pakistani. Yeah, so, so the, you, Mohamed Yusuf thing, I didn't know, and, and I think possibly... Uh, yeah, it, it was short-sighted to see it in that way. So, but 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 the, but the one on you know sort of the, I do remember thinking about the whole inzimam and the tabligh jamaat thing is that when the qualification for cricket becomes something other than bat and ball, and that it becomes you know pressure think, on the rest. Yeah, I think goes without saying. Like I don't think so that's I just a wanted, defense I just wanted that to you need to trot out. Like, that, <laughs> that if the liberals said anything about this, they were bloody right. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what they... But that wasn't the, that wasn't yeah. the issue, right? right? I mean, there was... I, again, Usman, do you remember Dean Jones going after... I can't remember. Yeah, it was after Hashem, right? He said, uh, and the terrorist has got another one. He actually just straight up called him a terrorist. Okay, so here, there's no liberal conservative. This is like racism. <laughs> right, yeah. that's like another level. No, but it is, yeah. but here's the cute thing. Yeah, or or the interesting thing. I don't think that Dino gets to be the manager and mentor for a South African cricket team. Having said that, whereas Pakistan, Islamabad United, he's 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 like the main man. I what that says about us, I think, is that we're an incredibly tolerant and flexible people when it comes to this stuff. Because it was said about Hashim, but a lot of like religious, I mean, forget, I mean, me, like I was deeply offended by that, not on racist ground, because it wasn't race oriented, right? It was because of his beard. It was because he has a visible sign of Muslim piety going on, on his face. And, and Dean Jones just up, and you know, 10 sports suspended him immediately. I think it was another year yeah. before he came back, right? So Dino, a couple of years, at least a couple of years. Yeah, so Dino had a, like he paid a price for that. Despite that, he was welcomed with open arms, and and I mean, people in Pakistan love him, you know. And and in fact, during the Pakistan Premier League, uh, the Super League, Super League, yeah, yeah. he was being uh, accused by Indians on social media constantly of of like pro Pakistan bias, and he was having to defend. I thought that was an interesting place for Dino to be. To be defending himself for Pakistan bias, having called Hashim Amla like a terrorist for, mm. for sporting a beard. It's an interesting... Cricket is kind of a weird and really fascinating equalizer on these things, right? In the sense that these different cultures react to the same thing in, in multiple this, ways. This is, no, what get, yeah. this is what you get when you have one colonizer that plants a game in a bunch of bloody former colonies and then plays them. And then those are the only countries that play. Cricket is an incredibly claustrophobic game. It's like 10, 10, 10 countries that play each other in test matches. You know, you have the same rivalries over and over and over. It's at times like this I wish I'd actually watched Lagan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great film. I never saw it. So I, now I feel like I need to see it. No, you shouldn't. Here, let me throw a different different one at you. 
it's one thing to have Pakistanis that are Tablighis or to have Hashim, you know, playing for South Africa. What happens when tomorrow there's a, there's a very robust beard on an Indian player? Yeah, Peshamam, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peshamam, yeah, yeah. Peshamam. Uh, and so, you know, they've had players, I think, not that many, but they've had, like, practicing Muslims play for them. I, I think now, in this environment, with, uh, maybe, you know, there might be an effect, I don't know, like, with, under the Modi government, but I, 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 I somehow feel that it might not be as big a deal here still. As yeah, I don't know. Game. I don't think it will be a big deal. Of course, that's uh, the liberal think, position. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. understand. Because, you know, it's such a great country. Fascinating conversation, yes. uh, Osman. I sort of, you know, and I think it was the right call for us to have a conversation about the T20 World Cup and kind of a more generic but more personal conversation with you about being a writer, the writing process. Before we end, what's the next big writing project? Are you working on another book? Uh, not, not yet. I'm working on... You are, but you're not allowed to say. And you're not allowed to say what that thing is. I don't. It's not cricket. It's it's music related. Um, so oh, that should be great. By the way, just one in, no. another thing I'd like to know also is that books on cricket do they sell like in large volumes? Is this something that also, you know, uh, when you talk about feeling secure as a writer, that you know, books or is books just a, a passion project? It's not meant to do that for you. I think books are mostly like they don't sell, you know, in large numbers or anything. Cricket books, but they, they, you know, they kind of create. They, they create kind of a, 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 what would you call it? Like a, like a little boost for you. Like you know, you're you're out there. Your name is out there. And the fact that there's a book out there for you, but they're by no means are they like in England. Maybe you have a slightly bigger market, but England would be the only market. And in fact, probably India is one of the best markets for it. Because, you know, they've, they've still got like a book by culture, and the market is so massive here that you will sell uh, a huge number of copies. Well, not huge. I think you know you're still looking at like four or five figures more than anything. Um, so it, it's not lucrative at all, but it's it's just something you know that you do because it kind of builds your reputation as a writer. I guess you know that you. That you're an author as well. Um, uh, so yeah, it's not like a, it's not like you're doing it to secure a financial financial future at all. You're doing it because it kind of builds the brand of your writing. If that's a, that's a really horrible way of putting it, but it kind of builds you. Yeah, I don't think it's horrible at all. I think it's important to do that. Osman, tell me this: How long did it take you to to finish your first book, like start to finish, from the day you started putting pen on paper?
Wow, that's amazing. I was doing it because, you know, it took me that long as well because I was, I always had a full-time job to kind of work around always. So that's one reason it took that long. Um, and then, you know, I moved mid-country. Uh, I moved mid, you know, to another country and stuff. And in the middle of that took time out. I had a child. You know, that took a hell of a lot of time out. Um, so so does, does, does then your editor, like, become this teacher who has to send you, set you right every four or five no, months? No, that's one of the, the best things about my editor was that she just never pushed for, she never put a deadline on. She said, she said that, you know, this, this is a book that we just want. Again, one of the great privileges of being Usman Samyuddin, right? I mean, yeah. A, you get to be a sports reporter or a sports writer. Then this and B, editor. then you get, you get an editor of that quality. No, but I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what happened that didn't work out so well was the fact that, so because I took so long, another book came out just three months before mine by an English writer. Peter Oborn. Peter Oborn, which yeah. is another great book. But, you know, for me, it was just like the worst time for it because it came out <laughs> three months before my book. And it kind of killed the whole thing, and that's because I met him. I met him in 2011. He told me then that he's doing a book on Pakistan cricket, and from then on, we were kind of like you know in our race to the finish. We'd see each other, we'd be like, yeah, I don't know where you are with your book, but I'll be there before you are. And it turned out that I finished later than he did, but you know, I, mean, I got there at the end. So are you are you a fan of the book, uh, Peter O'Born's book? I am. I am. He's got he's he's done intense research, and for you know for an for an outsider, for a guy who wasn't Pakistan to have gotten as many details and to have gotten the, 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 the tone right is uh, is pretty phenomenal. It's a remarkable it's a piece of work, that. yeah. I, I mean, again, it's not as good as yours, and I'll say that, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. this is a public forum. It isn't as good as yours, but it is a very, very good uh, good book. Superbly researched, superbly researched. Yeah, no doubt. Osman, it's been a privilege and, and just a joy to have this conversation with you. I'm very, very grateful this is going to be the last episode for a while that we do without music. But again, we thought, okay, <laughs> the state of Pakistani cricket. Um, and you really helped us navigate through it really brilliantly. Thank you so much for joining us. I agree, Usman. It's been a pleasure. And I've uh, gone away learning quite a bit. Uh, Thank you very I've, much for having me, guys. It was, yeah. so, it was fun. It was great. Wonderful. Uh, with that... We, we bid uh, Khudafiz to everyone. Thanks Khudafiz. for joining us once again. And see you soon. And uh, keep subscribing. Keep uh, writing in. And apologies for the delay. Again, a little travel commitment, a little minor surgical procedure. These things happen. But we brought to you Usman Samyuddin in the meantime and some great uh, conversation over cricket. So goodbye and have a great time. Khudafiz, everyone.